Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Not Dead. All right, crowdfunders, no more whispering. This is Successfully Funded. I'm your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, and we have got an awesome episode coming up today. Who are we talking to? That is a really great question I just asked myself. Uh, we're going to be talking to Ross Asdorian from the book Broken Banana, Comedy, Life, and Sex Without a Penis. Ooh. I don't. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Should I have put a parental advisory before... Um, we jumped into this. I'm not really sure what the rules are. Um, uh, I guess yeah, we're going to be talking. We're going to be using the word penis. Um, oh, I should have probably put it. Oh, I, I've said penis. Tw- I've said penis four times now. I've said the p word there. Holy cow! I apologize if you had kids listening. Hopefully, you put the earmuffs on them, or you changed the channel, or you have you know you put your headphones on, and maybe maybe you're falling asleep listening to me. That's what I like to imagine. I like to imagine that my audience is laying in bed it's a nice it's it's night out it's a they're a little little cold they're all bundled up in their bed they've got their pjs on like i said and they've got the subtle tones of jeff wenzel in their ear and they're 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 dreaming about crowdfunding and running a kickstarter and um and and being an entrepreneur that do you think that's what's happening i don't know i doubt it more than likely you're probably either in your car or you're, maybe you're working out or whatever you're doing. Who knows what you're doing, right? Who knows? I listen to podcasts all the time doing weird stuff. So maybe that's what you're doing. But but today's episode is going to be uh, more of a fun one, right? We're going to be talking about a traumatic event that, hop, that happened to Ross that uh, he opened up um, his vulnerability side and decided to write a book about it. And the reason I talked to him is I felt like there was going to be a great story in this. And there is, man. I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. But some absolute math scenarios going on right now. Uh, we need to get Ross funded. Uh, his goal is $8,000. Uh, he's got five days to go, and he's sitting right now at 5600 bucks. So we've got to move the needle here. So if you are somebody who supports a lot of Kickstarter campaigns, go get this book right now. You're going to love these stories. You're, you're going to be into it. It's funny. Uh, and yes, you know uh, he broke his penis. But there's some funny stories behind it. And I think, too, you'll hear in the interview without – and, again, I don't want to spoil this, but you'll hear in the interview that you know, it's there's, – there's a lot to this, right? There's, uh, there's what happens to people when we go through uh, traumatic events and, and the loneliness that can come from it. And we're going to dive into that. So that's coming up. What else is going on? Well, we've got Valentine's Day right around the corner. Um, I took the liberties of cleaning myself all up today. Um, if you gentlemen out there know what you mean, you know, you, you got to clean up, right? I'm getting prepared mentally and physically for, uh, for the, for the holiday. And, uh, we're just going to try to go, go, you know, just go crazy with it. Right. Try to do something special. More than likely none of that's going to happen. Um, but you know, Hey, you know, you try, right. You got to be prepared for it. You don't want to get stuck in a situation where you're not fully prepared. And, uh, luckily for my wife, I am, I am preparing. I I have prepared is what I should say. Uh, but I think next week, uh, I'm trying to think something and maybe you guys can give me some feedback on this. Uh, the kids have a week off for, um, for winter break or something like that. I don't even know what it is. Um, and I'm thinking about doing something. I'm thinking about maybe the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame might be fun or maybe going down to Pittsburgh and just trying to get away for two or three days. I mean, again, with my work, I just need the internet so I could clearly work from the road. But I was thinking maybe that might be fun or, uh, you know, go go to some hotel and get a, get it where they have a nice pool and, and just do some swimming and just doing some hanging out. So that's what I'm thinking. 
That's what I'm thinking right now for next week, maybe for a couple days. I got to look through the schedule, though. That's what that's what I'm planning today, trying to get away for a quick little mini vacay. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm excited about that. You know, you got to spend some of that quality, that QT, that quality time with the, the kids and the wife, right? Maybe that'll be my Valentine's Day surprise. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll think about it. But, uh, but what else is going on? Man, it's freezing here in Detroit, man. We have, it's like I live in an igloo. Uh, the snow is up half, you know, we've got like 10 inches of snow out there on the ground. Man, all I did was snow blow from like Friday on. It felt like I was snow blowing every waking minute, man. Thank God I got that. Yeah, for the people out there who don't have a snow blower, you got to go spend the 200 bucks, man. If, with the first three, four years we lived at this house, I didn't have a snow blower. I tried to man it right with a shovel. And there's a point that it just, you hit a wall, it sucks. It sucks. You got to go get the snowblower. You just really do. Um, so, yeah. So, thank God I got that snowblower a few years ago. And, and yeah, you know, it, it still works. It still works. There's no doubt about it. But it's much better than uh, than manhandling it with your shovel. Oh. So, another thing is just to kind of keep us on theme today. Has anybody out there watched the show Easy on uh, Netflix? It's a great series. There's two, se- two, two seasons. Each, each series has, like, eight episodes. But... Man, did they shoot some very realistic scenes. And I know if you, the director, I think his name is like Joe Somberg or something. I talk about him in the interview a little bit too, just because I've just literally deep dove into these episodes, the season two, and they're fresh in my mind. But it's a really good show. And it, there, there's such a, an honesty and a reality to, to these episodes that it really feels like real life, you know? Um, and if you do some research on it, you'll see why it has that tone. But, man, I, I definitely recommend, too, if, if there's something else for you to check out outside of backing uh, The Broken Banana, go check out the, the shows Easy on Netflix. They're really, really good. I don't know. They're just they're on my mind a lot right now. But all right. So what this is the part, part in the old episodes where I ask you guys to do me my favors, right? I need favors. One is go on iTunes, leave me a review. Second thing, share this with a friend, right? You know, maybe that way... You know, when you're thinking about it, you're laying in bed, you're thinking about that special someone, go tell them to listen and, and be a subscriber to the episode. If you want to hear more about me, which I know everybody does, everybody wants more of Jeff Wenzel, right? Who, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's me, right? Uh, you can go listen to me on the Standcast. Uh, you can go over to iTunes and subscribe to that. It's called the Standcast. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I, I talk about men's stuff going on right there, right? You know, men's stuff. Uh, so yeah, so go check me out over there if you want to listen to it. And uh, go to the website, woodshed.agency, if you want to learn more and, and uh, reach out. And, and uh, you know, even if you want to be a guest on here, we'd love to have you. So, all right, let's go ahead and kick my conversation with Ross and let's talk about his broken banana. All right, here we go. All right, Ross. See that red light up there? That's where all the pressure starts to happen. You can probably feel it right I now, right? I feel it right, right, the pressure right where it should be. Yeah, well, it's good that you talk through it. Some people just, they just clam up and that's it. That They're just done right The key right to any successful relationship is communication. <laughs> good. Well, hopefully uh, at the end of this, we'll have a, a good, healthy relationship. If you feel something, say something. I think that's what they say. I think that's what the subway <laughs> sign says. All right, all right. I think so too. Yeah. Well, let's start off with a quick sound check. Uh, so, um, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, classic New York breakfast. Went to the corner deli. Bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. Munster cheese. Nice, nice. Munster cheese. That's a good cheese. That's my switch. You know, I don't. That's my switch. Yeah. Well, it's usually like oh, a little cheddar, maybe some mozzarella. I mean, on it's, that. we're talking bodegas here, so they usually slap you with some American cheese. But 
got everything and the monster's got a little extra cheesiness to it yeah you know what that's a good i'm gonna tell the old wife she she likes to get the uh cheddar cheese here a lot i think some monster would would go you remember this yeah you're right yeah, this is it. You did it. Thank did you. It. Appreciate that. So when uh, we have these, yeah, everybody's just like, man, your cheese here is just oh, great. Wow, it's so cheesy. This one time, this guy, Ross, he just randomly told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ross. Cool. All right, I think we're sounding good. Let's let's rock and roll here. Uh, so why don't you tell my listeners what you are currently raising money for on uh, Kickstarter? Yeah, so I am raising money to uh, basically publish or distribute a book that I wrote um, not too long ago. And uh, what's that book called? Uh, the book is called Broken Banana. And the subtext of it is life, love, and sex, dot, 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 without a penis. Yeah, so that's why we're doing an interview, because I would like to hear more about this story. <laughs> it's weird. We originally scheduled it as a video podcast, but you changed it. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, you're right. You're right. Uh, that would have been uh, interesting on the old we Facebook. We might have gotten a flag. <laughs> yep. <laughs> one, one flag. Well, uh, so well, let's, let's dive more. into that a little bit. Yeah. Let's, um, I think, I think my listeners are gonna have to understand a little bit more. Sure. What's going on here? Let's, let's talk with about why it deserved a book. First of all. Um, sure. so I think that the, uh, the, the comedy is, it is, a, it's, a, it's a comedic memoir. Um, and basically, uh, the, the narrative of the book is the accident through the recovery, through the first time I had sex again, which was kind of like losing my virginity. Um, and the kind of the, why this was different and, and not to at all shame anyone else who's been through something similar. Um, but the severity of my particular break, um, was one of the worst ever recorded on file. Uh, (laughs) And, and it was a freak accident. And I think it's, it's like, I, like I'm that guy that all the has all the bad things happening. Like I have really bad luck. So after you know, like seven years of it, you kind of start laughing at it. Um, and so the the book is you know the the narrative kind of takes you through that, but it's also a much deeper dive into just like the the going through the medical trauma. Uh, you know that just the hospital is a funny place in general. Um, sure. And you know the there's a lot of ups and downs, but also you know, the relationships that these types of things affects when you're, when you're forced to talk about something that you usually don't talk about. Um, you know, this isn't really something that you can brush under the table when a 27 year old is walking around with the catheter, you know, you're talking about justifying to your job you're talking about, you know, my mom and my brother came out to take care of me. Like, you know, the things that you just, you don't want to be sharing. You all of a sudden now have put it out there and it kind of just opens up everything else. Um, and so that's, you know, a lot of the book is why we are the way we are, because whenever anyone who's been through medical trauma knows that you sit with yourself quite a bit. Um, and also anyone who's been through medical trauma tends to know that you're the one who has to be the most calm in the scenario. And, right. you know, that, that kind of was true, but also, man, everything else that happened around it, just the, um, you know, my, my best friend got married and I was the best man. So, you know, I had this, this catheter in, we're trying to hide it and you're, you're making up stories, you know, then you have an employer and, you know, I mean, I, like you, you basically, you're, you're like, well, I, I want to be honest, but I can't really be honest. Uh, so, um, wow. it, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of kind of, um, how we deal with, 
you know, kind of just sex and relationships and talking in general. Um, it's a, it's a very honest book, um, for better or worse. I think that I try to, um, examine the choices that, that I make and we make, um, in this nature and, and the narrative that we like to push for ourselves versus what's actually true. Um, and, uh, to wrap it up, like any great story or normal story, there's always a love element to it. And the story goes that the person who I will, I, you know, I'll call her the perpetrator, uh, you know, wasn't actually someone that I was dating. Um, and there, there was a girl who I had been on and off with, uh, that I had tried to kind of put, put down, I was gonna say put down the pipe, uh, <laughs> trying to, to, to get a hard commit from and, and, you know, it's New York and, uh, it just didn't happen. And this girl who I had not seen in seven years, uh, that I hooked up with in college had come into town. Um, I, I call them in the book, I call them sex ghosts, uh, <laughs> which I refer to as people who are, you've, you've been intimate with in the past, uh, but never really go away because of social media. Um, and, and that was it, man. Like a week later, one night, bada bing, bada boom. So, oh man. Yeah. Well, all right. So, is writing a book something that you do a lot? Is that something? How do you just jump into writing a book about this? <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Um, I've been I've been writing my whole life. Uh, I'm my my day job uh, was I've basically been a video producer and worked in entertainment. Um, I've done improv comedy for ten years, and I've written pretty much everything but a book. Uh, I've written for magazines. I've written for uh, blog posts and screenplays and commercials uh, and comedy and, and writing has always kind of been my back door and everything. No pun intended. Um, and so for me, um, I originally wrote it as a screenplay. And um, my best friend, um, who's an actor, his manager read it and he was he called me up and he was like, "I fucking hate this man." I'm like, "Why?" He was, "It's funny, but no one's ever going to buy a movie about your penis." <laughs> Right. Um, and so I kind of already had the structure and I mean, dude, life is funny, man. Like life is funny. And then, and, and the truth, the comedy is always in the truth of a situation. So I think the hardest part about writing or creating in general is doing justice to reality. Um, sure. and so that is kind of, um, you know, when I sat down, I had already kind of structured it from the screenplay. And I mean, the story kind of wrote itself to a certain extent. Um, and as I, uh, me being just kind of a weirdo in general, as I was writing it, one of my friends was, I'm always t- giving random facts about myself. Um, like I used to be my university mascot and you know, like all these like random things that people don't know about you. And she looked at me and she goes, well, you have to put all these weird things in the book because that's what makes you more relatable to all of us other weirdos. And right. so that's kind of, it became a lot of anecdotal um, stories into again, why we are the way we are. But having those as having the track kind of allowed me to have a process. Um, and my friend gave me good advice. She just said, write a shitty book. Um, and what she meant by that was get the cop, like get a draft out, like have a draft so that you can go back. Um, once you've built the tunnel, it's easier to go back and patch the holes, uh, which is true. I think that writing, getting to the end uh, was the hardest part. And then once you go back and fix and patch and rewrite and deal with things that, you know, like your teacher would instill to you, like syntax uh, and grammar, like that, that stuff actually becomes more fun. So that was the process that, I mean, you know, you you just kind of do it. That's interesting. Now, do you find that um, you know, with your, per, like, you know, maybe your personality type that you, you use comedy or an openness around 
you know, this medical trauma event that you had, but do you find that you do that with everything? Cause, cause I asked that because, um, I'm on another podcast called stand. It's for, uh, it's, uh, it's a men's magazine Yeah, and on there, I'm the guy who's like, I'm open, man. You know, uh, I, I don't hold any of this stuff in. If I'm, my wife and I are fighting or whatever might be happening, yeah. whatever might be happening. Right. I'm, I'm like, we're all going through something. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and, and I've been, people have said, well, you, you use comedy to kind of, you know, make everybody comfortable with the fact that you might be going through something. Is that something that you probably found with this as well? Yeah. I mean, you hit it right on the head. And I think that the, and anyone who knows any comedian knows that they're usually not necessarily always the happiest people. Um, but I, I think that on, on the flip side of that, like you, you know, this, this is life is about perspective. Uh, and when the underlying tone of the book is that it can always be worse, uh, even in something that can feel as painful and destructive and life ending as this. Um, but, but that's the reality. And I think that the comedy, um, is it like, yeah, like life has its ups and downs and like, that's, you know, someone asked me, was like, Oh, well, you know, like, do you think that it's like, everything is kind of comedy to I'm like, no, the book isn't all funny. Like it's like our stories, uh, there is drama and there is comedy, but you have to be able to recognize and accept both. Um, and so for me, the, the coping mechanism, I don't even know if it's the coping mechanism, but I think it's what you said where it's like, helps me make other people around me comfortable. Um, yeah. Because how do you react? Like that's how do you, re- how do you react to when these things happen? How are you supposed to be around someone who's going through someone? That's something like, these are all really difficult tasks to handle. And when you are at the center of that, you command how other people are allowed to feel. And if someone is allowed to laugh <laughs> because people don't want to make you feel like shit. Right, 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 right. Um, but I think that it, that's absolutely it, you know, and, and the comedy comes with being honest, makes being honest a lot easier because you can laugh about it because it is funny. Like I am going through this crazy pain. It is also my penis. My penis right, 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 right. Um, so, you know, th- there is always a mix of both. Well, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a unique way to you to, to use your vulnerability, right? In, in those scenarios, right? So, I mean, I think you brought up something excellent right in the very beginning of just for a lot of people when they go through something like this, they're alone. The medical trauma, right? They're you know they had the car accident. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to leave the house. They don't want to make people wait on them, or you know, yeah. they just feel all of these things as opposed to you know just you know owning it to some degree, being vulnerable, and just. You know, I, I, it's hard to do. You might as well, if you, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to do. I, I, it's I really, think of a lot of people who struggle yeah. with it. Well, and and that's where it's you know it's, it's a plaque. It builds up, and I think that you know uh, th- this wasn't the first thing I went through. I think that having other people around me that have been through something, and, and the truth is, like you never really know until a it's either you or it's someone in your immediate family, you know, that you really feel what what it's like, and it allows you to. Um, kind of act in a certain way. Um, and, you know, the it's tough, right? I mean, when you're there, you're, it's you, right? It's you and you have a medical staff that sees a bunch of people probably way worse than you um, in, right. in, in the place. I mean, I think there was a, you know, like a little mention in, in the book where like I was there, like when I, when I came back to from surgery, it was just me. And I didn't really know where I was. And then I heard like next, next to me, the pe- what the people were going through next to me. And it just like, and you just immediately go, Oh yeah, like, man, this sucks, but like, it can be worse. Like I could be, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and that's that. And that is almost always like, if you're listening to this or you're holding a book, it can probably be worse. Right. Like, right. um, and, and having the, not that that's the way that you should look at everything. Right. But to a certain extent, there always has to be that perspective of like, okay, like, 
I am going through this. There are people around me like this does suck, but I have to also be able to receive a gift just as much joy as I take in giving a gift. And I think that's part of the hard, the hardship of going through something. Sure. Sure. Very cool. So where is like this starting point for any sort of writing a book? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a hard thing to, it's a big task, right? So is it just, what was your starting point? Did you just write a little bit every day? Was it a blog? I mean, how did you start the process? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I think that writing is like this elusive thing that everyone knows they can do or want to do or have done because we write all the time. But when you regiment it, it becomes very difficult. When you demand yourself to, to create this piece, you're essentially, you're painting a, you're painting a picture or you're drawing a map. Um, and so for me, it's like I said, it's, it was about how do I, um, how do I structure this and fit in all these things that are in my head? Because I know like, this is, this is a lot of, these are a lot of words I want to write. Right. And we're usually trying to minimize and create what our, what our messages and less characters. But the challenge of this was, okay, how do I actually pull out all of my thoughts and go back into where my head was and, and research, you know, the messages that I had sent and the people that I saw. And I went back and I got my medical records and I talked to my doctors because you want to confirm that what you th- what you thought and what you perceived was actually happening. Um, and so for me, my actual regiment was a balance between um, conversations and research and then filling in the blanks. Um, and uh, there's, a, there's a really great, I don't know if you've ever seen BoJack Horseman, but there's a really great, like in the first season, he's trying to write a book and you're always giving yourself excuses as to what's wrong with like, oh, it's too, it's too hot, it's too cold this isn't the right music. I need this. This is the right font I want to write in. And like, it's stupid, but you, I, I actually did that. Like I sit there and I go, uh, I'm going to write in Times New Roman. And I'm like, well, I'm used to writing in screenplays. Maybe I'll write in, you know, Courier. And then ah, now this looks, I'm not writing a screenplay. I shouldn't be doing this. So, um, so it, it, it wasn't, there is no, there is no way like in you, of course, then you go, how do I have a writer's block? How do I get over writer's block? So I YouTube how to get over writer's block. And it's just like, there's no such thing as writer's block. You just have to fucking do it. <laughs> Stop watching this YouTube video. <laughs> this YouTube video. And I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. Um, but it, it really is just dedicating and, and knowing like, that, that it's, there's no right feeling. And, and it sounds weird, but man, when you're writing and you're in the zone, you cruise, man. And it's hard to find what that is. Um, and, and part of it is almost, you have to, you have to just make it your job. Um, and I think in the creative world, we tend like, I'll just bracket society tends to give us this license to say, Oh, well, it just comes to you. No, it doesn't. Like you have to just sit there and you do the reps and you write it down and you get it out of your head and you just can't let your fingers stop moving. And then when they do, you go, okay. And then you, you basically do the thing that everyone does. You get, you walk up, you go to the fridge, you close the fridge, you sit back down, you type five words, you get back up, you know, you go into the bathroom, you don't actually have to go to the bathroom, you walk, you just sit back down, you know, and, and, but you, you get into this dance and the, then you finally sit back down after those 10 trips to the fridge and you crush for an hour and you just write. Um, and then, like I said, it's that you just want to write a shitty book and you want to get that first draft out so you can go back and make it a good book. Um, and it, it, like the first draft versus where I ended with it are literally two different books. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need that. And it's hard, it's hard to spend the time creating something if you don't feel like what you're making is going to make it make the final, the print room. Yeah. Because you don't, yeah. you don't see it. 
you go, no, I, I don't, I don't want to write this down on the page in case someone sees my notes and then they realize how stupid I actually am and that I'm not creating something perfect from the beginning. Um, and, and it is this like this self-awareness that you have to shed, um, or, or not shed, but just get over, uh, to oh, actually I, I get on there. Yeah. It, it's amazing that concept. And, and I think this, for me, I learned this in music, right? So I had bands and studios and, and you just realize like, boy, that first thing you spit out as a song is not what the final thing is. It's not even close, right? Like I just, I just had a chorus idea. I, you know, I jotted it down into a tape recorder, (laughs) whatever, you know, but it, like we took that sort of concept, you know, that I've had my entire life into running an agency. And it's amazing how many clients uh, get stuck in the perfect Facebook post, the perfect blog post, the perfect podcast interview. And then they actually never do anything. Like they actually (laughs) never make anything because they're constantly like talking about about making the perfect, perfect podcast. It's like, just shoot, do anything, just do do anything and we'll fix, you know, it'll get better. And it's like, yeah, but what if somebody sees it? What if someone sees it and knows that I'm not really a genius? It's like, no, dude. But, no, but that's, that way. I mean, look, I, I, I think that I had, there was, I had a, not, I'm not going to even call it an epiphany moment, but I went to this museum and they had on display some works of art from an artist that had died that were unfinished. And it looked so incredible, like just to see where the painting was going, that people actually really enjoy the process and enjoy the struggle that to know that like this person who created this thing did go through and was a human. I think that there is a power in that. And I mean, you know, I mean, you, you know, with music more than anything, you, what you, what you hear is, you know, so many tracks, even though it's like, Oh yeah, it's drums, bass, vocals, you know, guitar. Like, no, no, no. There are literally 89 layered tracks to this song. (laughs) And that's not even mastered. Like, you know, and and that, that is, um, what, what is difficult again. I mean, I, I, I tend to say just creating in general, um, but that's you. Ha- you have to understand that the process is part of it. Otherwise, you get handcuffed, and that's where a lot of people have trouble. It's it's like you know in 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 sports, it's like the first the first touchdown is the hardest. The first points are the hardest. Yeah. Like yeah. once you get once you click in, then the the car starts moving. Yep. Yeah. It's about finding that rhythm, whatever it is. You know. Interesting. Interesting. So, have you uh you, you know the other thing I reached out to? Do you watch the show Easy at all on Netflix? <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah. All right. You, you seem like you might have a great storyline for one of their episodes. You should check out Easy uh, on Netflix. It's uh, as, it's, as I furiously uh, Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. You. Um, yeah. You would. This would. One of the reasons I was I was watching season two <laughs> when I first sent my email. I was like, "Hey, we should talk." I think this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that was. Yeah. That's that's how you got to this point right here. But uh, yeah, it, it's a re- really interesting show uh, shot in Chicago. Uh, what's his name? Joe Sonberg does it. And they're all like improv, almost like one taker type of episodes. Uh, they're kind of hey, short too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're real cool. But uh, so, I mean, and, and I, so my question on that was, boy, with all the vehicles that need content, you know, Amazon, Vimeo, yeah. everything needs content. Boy, this feels like it could be turned into some sort of like video thing, you know, video yeah. series thing. I mean, you, look again, it, you, you, it's tough, right? Because you gotta, you gotta crawl before you walk, man. Right. Like, yeah. um, and you gotta put the work in and, and, and even when the work's done, there's so much more and there's so many things that have to happen. And you know, in the music industry is the same as any sort of entertainment, music, you know, film, TV. There are so many factors, uh, that are built, outside of having a good story and being able to tell it and having the talent. Um, and I think that the power, 
that I found in the book versus the screenplay. I mean, again, I wrote it, it to me. I was like, Oh, this is, this is like the hangover. Like this is that story. Right. Um, and I see it and I get it and I know how to write it. But the reality is, is that it's like, <laughs> what's funny is no one will read a screenplay. Like people don't just casually read screenplays. You'll read a book. And, and, and look, even the narrative of that is so important. And I think for me, um, knowing, like knowing that, that, that is, I actually just wanted to have the story out there. And to me, it is, I do like for the comedy. I like making other people laugh. And I think that for the people that are going through stuff, there is a, a comfort in, we all think that, you know, we're all going through whatever we're going through by ourselves and no one's ever gone through it. And I think that the more stories of, of, that that's not true and that other people have probably been through the same exact thing. Uh, there's a comfort in that. So I think that to me was goal one. I mean, look, man, this, whether what we create is good or bad is not up to us. We just keep creating it. And so for me, I didn't want to sit there and go, okay, I want to write this screen, but it's a movie and I know it's funny and I want to, then I got to make it. And who am I going to, dude, I'm a video producer. I know this is not how this works. Um, <laughs> And, and so having the power of truly just making something that has my name on it, you know, and I, when I produce for other companies and the other places I've worked at, you know, I worked at Red Bull before and NBC and, you know, when you make something, it's amazing because you go, oh, I, this is mine. I produced this. I directed this. And, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, it says Red Bull, but it's me. I, I did that. Um, it doesn't matter. Like there's always going to be a collective synergy to what you do. And so it's, it's nice to, it was nice to sit down and just be like, cool. I can die now and my grandchildren will read this book and be like, our grandfather was a pervert, like, <laughs> you know, but, but it, it was mine. So I, you know, there, there is something that's very, that feels very good about that. Um, and then, you know, you have the job of respecting the work and trying to get it out there. And I mean, that's where we are now, you know? Yeah. Have, have you done any sort of, did you try any stand up with it at all or, or like small <laughs> storytelling types of things before you went to the book? I, I, uh, infamously told the story for the first time to a bunch of strangers uh, at a, uh, my, my buddy started an adult summer camp uh, called Camp No Counselors. And uh, they, they did their first corporate one. Uh, and he had invited me up with another buddy of mine who was a DJ. And, you know, like they always do a talent show and it's very fun. But again, it was a corporate one. So it's like, it's like hey, man, hey, will you do something? And I was like, ah, you know, if you want me to do something, I'll get up. But, you know, it's, it's their show. Like it's their, it's their camp. And people weren't really signing up. And he leans in. We had a couple of drinks. And he's like, yo, will you tell your story? And I was like, that's ridiculous. Dude. I don't know any of these people. He's like, yeah, but it'd be funny. And I was just drunk enough to do it. Um, and it, it, was, it was fun, man. I mean, I wish that that was on, I wish that it was recorded. I mean, I probably did a terrible job because I was drunk. But in my head, obviously, I was very funny. Um, but, I mean, dude, other than that, it, it's, it's a very, it's, dude, it's weird, man. Like, because it is, I mean, you know, it is like, it's a weird, I was going to say it's a touchy subject. But, again, yeah. Uh, with the pun. Um, so for, for me, it was, I like having it as a book because you can, you don't have to see what I look like and, and take the judgments that come with that. Um, or what any of the characters look like that it's removed from it. Like it's a, it's a book it's written. That's, that's what I'm doing. Like I'm not there to perform it. Um, and if I can, that changes how honest that I think I'll probably be able to be with, with the story. And when you're writing, it's like when you're texting a girl you like or a guy you like and you, or, or don't like and you say some shit that you would never say in real life. You'd never say it. That's kind of what writing is like because you, you don't have that initial reaction. So that fear of being honest 
um, isn't, isn't there. You just get to write it. And then all of a sudden, you know, like some people that have read it, they're like, man, you, you really, you really honest here. I was like, I was like, wait, what part are you at? And then, oh, this part where you said this and did this. And you know, you were talking, I was like, oh wow, I did write that. Didn't I? I really did say that. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I, I can mean, feel, that's I can feel that. stayed away from that. Yeah, I say I can I can feel that moment because again the other podcast I talked about well, even even what I do in my intros for this I'm pretty open and honest and sometimes people will hear something from like two weeks ago and they're like are you all right man is everything right? I was like <laughs> oh I was just just a Monday and I was just I was, just I, yeah, kinda, I, I I was in know. that moment I was yeah, in the I, moment yeah I know I had a grumpy moment and I've turned the mic on I don't know I'm, I'm fine <laughs> whatever leave me alone yeah. interesting well how did you get to uh, in the whole process here where did Kickstarter start to fall into your uh, mindset of like let's let's try to take this over to over to crowd yeah yeah. Um, so it, it really wasn't, and, and, and again, I'll try, I'll try and be very honest cause I would love to say it's all glamorous and we all know it's not. Um, you know, it, 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 I had basically found, um, this firm, which had done a Kickstarter for a friend of a friend of mine's book. Um, and I, you know, I was pretty skeptical. I, I, the bane of my existence and a lot of other people's is asking for things, um, especially when you can't give something back. Uh, and so that, that made it a little tough for me to go into where I felt it was good was this firm that I had reached out for to hire. I was like, cool, if I can, if you can have the success that you did with them and, and explain to me, um, how it worked. Okay, great. Um, and they did and meeting went well and you know, I kind of had brought them on and that's how I baked it in. And, um, you know, your, your hope is that you can get some sort of pre press out of the presale. Um, so that was kind of how it originally started. I had done a Kickstarter uh, many moons ago for basically what was a Portlandia of Seattle when I lived there. And I did a, a, a sketch show. Um, and I know how nerve-wracking it can be and the anxiety that it induces, right. no matter how big or small your goal is. Um, so anyway, so I, I, the idea and the reason that I did it was because of this firm and the success that they had previously had. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, so with, with your campaign right now, I mean, this, this was more like, uh, you, you got a little ways to go here on your goal, but I, I wanted to, you know, kind of jump on board and, uh, and help as, as much as I can with my audience. Cause I thought, you know, it's a great story. It's a fun concept. It's not, you know, somebody who's on Kickstarter all the time. It was, you know, it's, there's not another campaign like this right now. So that's a good thing. Um, so, I mean, but did that firm, did you end up working with that firm, but how did you get to where you are at least right now? Or is it, did you do it all yourself? Yeah, so so the, this is this is the bumpy road, right? Um, I think that there there were just you know the, the results weren't there, and I think that I was kind of disappointed to the to the point where, and again, not not to their fault or anyone's fault, like you know I'm, they tried and weren't getting the results that they had gotten before, and um, you know the 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 contacts that they had weren't coming through, or the weather wasn't right, or whatever it is, um, and so I think that the again not being someone who is really great at the self-promotion and this kind of stuff. Um, I, 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 man, I, I was losing sleep and I was like, what am I doing? Like what, why, why did I choose to do this? I could have just done a presale. Um, and, and I, look, I know the answer. I know the answer is actually like to do a Kickstarter and have the groundswell and build the audience. And also this sounds so silly, but like when you're, when you're ordering books to, to print, to have an idea of how many can lower the costs. And, you know, I'm not, I'm doing it in, like I'm pr- the printing press that I found is in Sacramento. 
who I actually found from a guy who self-published in an Uber, whose book was in an Uber, and I talked to him. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wanted to print it here. I didn't want to go and do, like, the Alibaba for a dollar. Like, I, I, for whatever reason, I think that could, that could change drastically. But um, that was how I arrived at the Kickstarter number and how I was like, okay, this is, this is the way to go. But, dude, I mean, I was losing sleep, and I wasn't getting the results. And, I, and I'm sitting there and being like, okay, I got I to gotta just put the pants on um, and make the calls and send the emails. Um, but, you know, man, things work and they don't work. And the reality, the unfortunate reality is who I might not meet my goal and I might have to dial back and then say, okay, do I keep pushing or, you know, or do I just then reset this as a, as a presale? Um, I had had an interview with Vice and this is actually just comical. Um, and I had an interview with a Vice with a, uh, through a girl that my brother went on a date with through like a dating site 10 years ago who we still followed each other on Instagram was like, Oh, you should talk to my friend advice. Did an interview and uh, went really well. She's like, this is going to be great. Uh, she had written an article about there's a penis museum in Iceland apparently. Yep. Yep. And it was supposed to run on Thursday. And then she texts me and she's like, Hey, she's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, apparently we have run like two penis stories like <laughs> last month. So they don't want to put this up right now. And I'm like, universe uh, um so you know you like that was something where i was like okay maybe this will catch yeah. and send me where because it, it, it is it's just dude it can be anything it yep. can be anything that that sends it that gets on the home page of kickstarter or whatever it is and you send the emails and you hope for intros and you know maybe you were nice to the pr- right person at the right time and they're you know that you never know right, and right. and so i think that it is <clears throat> it's consistency and and trying to be persistent and hoping that, you know, in this karmatic universe that these things pay off. But at the end of the day, man, you never know. Like you have to know wh- when, when to hold them and when to fold them. And I think that, you know, with the, with the, this firm, God bless them. Like I just had to cut my losses because every dollar does count, right? Like these, this is money that I, like I left the job and I have been trying to do the independent thing. And, and there is a weight to every dollar that I'm spending. Yep. Um, and, and the longer that I wait, the more, of my own money I have to burn and it is a waiting game. Like it, it, all of this is a waiting game till the thing clicks. And if you have somehow managed your time and money, right, that you waited, that you got that, you waited long enough that it clicked, then you win. Um, so that is for me where I am right now, re reassessing things, you know, hopping on your blessed podcast and being like, yo, what up world? <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a combination of, of a lot of things and, Anything can click or not click. And people can say, well, you, know, you want to do it in January. You want to do it in February. You want to do it for this long. And well, Kickstarter's research says it. I mean, dude, I, got, I translated it into three different languages because I read that like Germany is the highest non-speaking country of Kickstarter uh, donations. I'm like, screw it. Like, let's, let's see if we can get some weird Germans. You know, they'd be into that shit. Like, I've been to Berlin. There's, there's some weirdos over there. But you never know, man. You never, you, you, you never know. But I, I, I feel good about – the good thing is, and I think that a lot of creators are like this, if you feel good about what you've made, uh, the, the, the perceived hard part is over. Right. The reality is the hard part for the, for the people who are creating is the marketing, and the hard part for the people who are marketing are the creating. So it's, it's always the opposite. Yep. Yeah, you're right on that, man. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, and, and so right now, currently, you're back on top, right? You're, you're back riding the horse. You're all good to go now. I love every, every, you know, it's great how everything you say kind of becomes a, that's what she said joke. Like know, it just, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I look, man, I, I wouldn't be laughing about it if things didn't end well. 
Um, and that's not to say that it's not different. I was joking that I think I'm the only man who can, who can say he's lived with two penises. Uh, and, and I mean, dude, I, like it, it is such a, it is such a New York story where, um, again, it's the severity of what happened to me. Um, and, and the fact that I was in New York and, you know, I had the, the ambulance, these ER guys that showed up were the most bro New Jersey guys. And it was like they had, t- it was like I became their brother when they walked in because you know, when you know, something's bad when the EMTs, the paramedics, when they look at something and they go, Ooh, like that's when, you know, cause they see the shit, they see yeah, it all. They see it all. Yep. And, and I remember, <clears throat> well, I talk about this and I was like, I, in, in my like, you know, frugal sense, I remember they had the ambulance and I was having a conversation with them and I was like, Hey man, like, should I just get like a taxi? Because it's going to be like, it's going to be covered. I mean, of course I'm out of my mind, like adrenaline pumping, right. having discussions about whether my insurance is going to cover this. Yeah. Um, and they were like, listen, man, if it were your toe, maybe, but like, let us take you to where we need to get you. And, 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 and they took me like, they didn't even take me to the closest hospital. They took me to New York Presbyterian, which was the like upper East side. And dude, it, it was like all these things, obviously it was the, the, the best outcome of the worst possible scenario. Right, right. Um, and so I had torn two of my muscles, but then I also severed my urethra. Ugh. And that is the part that makes you cringe <laughs> because when you hear about a break, it's usually a muscle tear. Yeah. Well, the reason that this ended well for me was because down the street from the hospital they put me in just so happened to be one of the handful of urethra reconstruction specialists in the country. Wow. <laughs> so he came and they didn't, they, we didn't even, I mean, no one knew we needed him until they actually opened me up. Cause they didn't know I couldn't pee. So they didn't know what was wrong with me. And so when they opened me up, the doctor who was operating on me basically took a dick pic actually <laughs> and sent it to him. And, and I actually think that's the first dick pic of mine that's on file. So, Congrats. Uh, and he literally canceled all of his appointments came over and did surgery on me. And dude, when I tell you that this guy was my angel, like there's so, there's so much room for error in this kind of specialty surgery uh, that it can cause like extreme curvature and pains and scar tissue and like the shit that you just don't even want to think about. Um, So unbeknownst to me, while I'm taking my deep sleep, like this guy came from down the street, canceled everything. Like I became a mini celebrity in their office. And when I went back in for my checkup, to get my catheter out, uh, they, like everyone knew who I was. They were like, I was like, hi. And they're like, what's your name? I'm like, Ross Dorian. They're like, oh, oh we heard about you. You're the guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy. Well, I was also the only person like under the age of 75 that was in a urology office. Um, so, uh, so yeah, man. I mean, it, it ended. It ended well. I mean, I definitely have some scars and some. There's a little bit change in my anatomy, but <laughs> right, right. it works. I can pee. Like I can have sex to a certain extent, depending on who you ask. Like it, it, it life is life is good. All right, Woo. good, good, good. Woo. All right, <laughs> yeah, you gotta take a deep breath after that. I sure do. Holy cow! Well, Ross, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. This is a great story. I'm glad we could get you on here. Uh, I don't even really know how to wrap this one up. Uh, no pun intended on that one either. Uh, everything, 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 everything is that. Make it stop. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. But uh, so just for my listeners know, uh, where can people find out more information about the book and, and learn more about, about this outside of the Kickstarter? Yeah, man. The, the big thing is just broken banana with an H at the end, banana with an H, which is like a little reveal, yeah. uh, dot com. So brokenbanana.com. 
pretty much, you know, no matter when you listen to this, it's always going to have some, whether it's, you know, the Kickstarter succeeded and we're having a, a crazy champagne party or it failed and I'm doing like a mailing list and whatever it is, um, brokenbanana.com with an H at the end of banana is pretty much the spot to get it at. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Russ, I appreciate it. You got five days to go here. Uh, we're pulling for you over here again. No pun intended. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I gotta stop too. Yeah, you gotta right. stop. I gotta stop. <laughs> All right, buddy. I appreciate it. And, uh, I wish you a lot of luck and uh, I'll talk to you later, man. All right, man. Thank you so much. All right. How about that conversation with, uh, with Ross? I told you it was a good conversation, man. He's a funny guy. Funny stories, and uh, whew, he went through. He went through an event. He went through an event. Uh, so, song I chose is a song called "Warm Fire." It's on the Sugar Roses collection. It's a nice love ballad. I thought it would be nice for the Valentine's, uh, you know, Valentine's week here, uh, and for all the lovers out there, and and for Ross who has a broken penis or had a broken penis. He's better now though, right? But I think he needed some uh, some romantic music to. Uh, uh, to fulfill his days, right? All right. Let's go ahead and get here. here. I'll let you guys listen to the song. Hope you guys have a good week, and I'll talk to you all next week. Some say it is blind, it's all in your mind. Some say love is defined by the ones we confide in. Love, feel love, breathe love, love. So take the pain and just put Take the pain and just put